Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be used. Welcome to the Cobra Cast for the President of AP. I'm the host, Ricky Rifty the Prez Logan. Got my co-host, Ricky Etdog VP Etridge. Um, welcome, mate. How are you going? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thanks, mate. We're going back to France today. So Whoa. and I worked a little to? bit on my French. Ah, uh, did you? Before this so, one. So, so after uh, our so before we get going, so after our trip to stay to Luzon, you're not sitting there going, Oh, that bloody spelled Australia wrong, are you? Well, now that I know that they don't know how to spell, um, they can't spell kangaroo either. So, uh, well, where are we off to, mate? What the? <laughs> what team are we off to visit, mate? Well, well, the kangaroos de Strasbourg. Uh, we're it. going to speak to Jan. Um, it's a so very quite, quick episode. Yeah, very short one. Jan, um, English is his second language, so. I must be honest, mate. With uh. His day job, mate. He doesn't have time to be body talking shit, mate. He's a very important person and needs to get stuff done. So, yeah, well, that's it, mate. Uh, yeah, and uh, well, it's a club that's that's been in hiatus for a few years. That's trying to get back up on its feet. So, um, but, but that's, that's the thing about the Cobra Cast, right, mate? Is it? You know, as you know, I reached out to the clubs. I've had a few clubs message me back and be like, oh, well, you know, we're not really running, or we're only new. You know, maybe once we've got a bit more history, or we're back playing you might want to get us on. I was like, no, mate, jump on. You know, we're taking everyone around the world. We want to know how the <clears throat> clubs that are 30 years old like North London are doing and the clubs that are unfortunately in hiatus and how they're getting back like these guys and them Swansea Magpies and you know, how you know, young clubs are starting to get up and going and how they actually build up from being so young, especially during COVID. So if any club out there is, does think that we're only new, we shouldn't, you know, or whatnot, still jump on. Even if it goes for 10, 15 minutes, more than happy to do it. Yeah, definitely. And uh, like we're constantly saying, mate, we're learning more and more um, just from doing these chats. And I think, you know, plenty of people can learn something from each and every one of these episodes we've done and things that they could then try and implement at their club. And I'm you sure. You can even learn that by, in some countries, translation doesn't always end up spelling exactly the same as we spell. Like Rifty learned in episode exactly. like the third time around, well, a third yeah. trip around the world. I still just think it's ridiculous. But anyway. <laughs> Um, I'd hate to know how you feel about like when we start chatting to Beijing and stuff like that with their translation and their you know their letters and being all different like symbols. Uh, well, that's that's alright. You're not using like English characters to spell English words incorrectly. That's fine. Oh, that's a fair point, actually. Yeah, that was a terrible example. My bad. <laughs> but hey, what I did just do give you a little hint is that uh, Beijing bombers will be on the episode at, some, at one point in time very shortly. Look forward to it. But 
Doubleheader though, mate. We're going back to back with doubleheader and up. What's what's the go tonight? Yeah, so after this episode with Yarn, we're back at it again with uh, Tyson and Yaz from the Waddle and Eagles. So we'll, we'll, doubleheader, we'll, mate. We're going to jump in before we chat with Yarn and Tyson, aren't we? I mean, Yaz yeah, and Tyson. Yeah, we'll, yeah, 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 cool. yeah. All right, so enjoy this one with Yarn. So we can cut this intro short, then we're coming back on. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you on in about 25-ish minutes for the next one. Enjoy. All right. Today, we would like to welcome on Jan from, all the way from France, from the Kangaroos de Strasbourg team. Uh, welcome to the show, mate. Welcome for hosting me, guys. And uh, thanks for joining us. We're keen to learn about uh, another French team. Um, so, first of all, how did you come across Aussie rules in the first place? Uh it's it's quite a, it's quite a first fun story because I discovered uh, Aussie rules while reading the Guinness Book of Records as one of my friends during the party hadn't heard about it before and yeah from what I from what I read on the book it seemed to be a fun sport and I wanted to to give it a try but at the time I was uh, I was living in my hometown in Burgundy and there's no footy there. And a few years later, I moved to Strasbourg. I knew no one there, and I knew there was a club. So I said, yeah, why not give it a try? I went once and never left. Oh, that's awesome. That's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's quite a unique one, uh, finding it in the Guinness Book of Records. That's pretty, uh, pretty unique, but awesome nonetheless. Um, so do you know much about the, the history of the Strasbourg Kangaroos? And when, when they yeah. first started? Uh, so the Strasbourg Kangaroos were the, it was the first old French football, uh, Australian football team. Uh, it was built in uh, 2005 uh, by, by a guy named Marc Kunt. He Actually, he had seen uh, AFL back in the 80s when it was uh, on the French TV on a cable channel and something like 20 years later, he decided with friends, let's try to build a, build a club. And that's how the first old French club uh, of French football has been built. Yeah, nice. It's um, a pretty big, hit, rich history from what I read up on it. Um, so why did the club go with the name the Kangaroos? And your colours are a little bit different to most teams that would normally go as the Kangaroos as you're not the traditional white and blue. Yeah, exactly. We... The colors we're playing with are more or less Collingwood colors, so black and white stripes. Uh, initially, uh, the, the guys went for the name Kangaroos because Australian football, what's the most Australian thing you can think about? It's a kangaroo, so they named themselves the Kangaroos. And as for the colors, I guess it comes from the first season the team played. Uh, the first season we played in the in the, in the German championship, and there were already a team called the Kangaroos, the Munich Kangaroos. So the, te- the team took the name the Black Devils, and they chose then the, this uh, white and black stripes uh, jerseys. Yeah, now when I was um, looking up the club, it was nice to see that a club that had taken a, a standard Australian rules or name put a different color to it. Where most clubs around the world, they go the Kangaroos, all right, color Kangaroos, blue and white. But, um, so you mentioned yeah. that the first season you guys actually played in the German league. Um, 
How did you guys go that season and why did you end up uh, moving back into the French League? Or into the French League? Yeah, so the, 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 first, the first year, the, the, the Krangaroos went into the German League because obviously Strasbourg is on the German border, so it was easier for us to go to, go to the German teams. And at the time, there was only one official team in France, in Paris. So with two teams, you can't make championships. So in Germany, they had one, which just joined. Oh, nice. So, um, how many players did you have back when you first started, and and how many do you currently have? Uh, back then, in the, in the beginning, I guess they had something like fifteen players, not a lot. And currently, there's there's been three seasons where we didn't play the championship because we don't have enough players, and we are hoping to. In, uh, to go to go back to the championship next season, as currently we have something like 12, 15 regular players. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, during this isolation, people uh, get keen to get out there and, and give a new game a, a shot once they're able to. So you might pick up some players. How, how do you guys go about trying to get players back involved and get a team going again? Uh, after the after the isolation, so the isolation is not yet fully uh, lifted in in France. So we start progressively to go back to the to the field. We're not yet allowed to do official trainings, but some of us just meet in the parks and keep the footy. And actually, here in Strasbourg, it's quite difficult to find new players, as in France, most most teams are in, uh, I would say. Uh, Rugby region, while Strasbourg is a is completely football region, soccer region. So we struggle to get to get new players, and we we do, we do what we can. We go to uh, uh, association forums uh, everywhere around the around Strasbourg. We try to make some some advertisement for the sport, but as it's not really well known in France, it's difficult to find new players. Yeah, well, hopefully with uh, Aussie rules starting up back up in a couple of weeks uh, and it might be one of the only sports going at the time, you might be able to get, get a few more people watching it and then uh, finding out about it. it might help you recruit some players. But where do you guys get to train and play your games? So we play, we play our games and we train at the same place in, uh, in, in, a, in a part of Strasbourg that's called Haute-Pierre. In front of the of the rugby field, we have a an open an open air rug, uh, rugby field, and we play on it. Yeah, I've seen some videos on your Facebook page, and actually looks like a decent uh, setup. You guys even get to train at night, which is unusual compared to a lot of places around the world. Um, so you mentioned that you play in the currently playing the France league. Have you guys had much success in that league? Uh, the best position the, the Kangaroos had in the French League is, as far as I remember, uh, we uh, the team finished second in the first edition of the French League, and that's the that's the best place we we had we have had. Uh, well, hopefully, once uh, you know everything gets back to normal, you boys can get a team out in the park and bring home a championship. Um, so, being the fact that you know Aussie rules isn't exactly the most well-known sport in France, how hard do you guys find it to get sponsorship? 
Uh, we, str we struggle a lot. Uh, currently, we don't really have any sponsors for the, for the Strasbourg team. Uh, in the past, from time to time, we managed to get, to get a few, but we, uh, how to put it? It's really difficult to find sponsors that the, the sport is not well known as we are only a couple of players, not, uh, we are less than 20 players. So usually when you go to, uh, when you go to ask for sponsors, they're not interested and we don't, we don't play local. We don't play locally. Most of our games are either in Germany or far in France. Local sponsors are not interested in sponsoring us. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully, like I said, you're able to spread the message of Oz rules and gain some more sponsors a bit. If it makes you feel better, it's not as easy as people think it is to do it in Australia either. <laughs> Everyone we speak to, <laughs> just we get off the chat. Oh, so it must be fairly easy for you guys to get sponsorship. And it's like, no, we're in an area, you guys are in an area that's you know, a long way away from every other club where we play in an area within five meters, oh, five minutes, five minutes of us, there'd be. 15 clubs, so they're all trying to fight over the same businesses. I guess so. Yeah, so what about the, the social side for the club? Uh, what do you guys do to have fun and have functions? And and what about uh, like grand final day for the AFL? Do you guys do anything special for grand final day? So usually for grand final day, we all meet at uh, one of our players and we all watch together the match. We have we have a tradition in the in our club is that at the beginning of the game everybody bets two euros on the final score, and the closest to the final score gets the whole pot. All right, Otherwise, just, sometimes just, just jotting yeah. that down, rift. It's a yeah. good game. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, from time to time we go all together to to the pubs in Strasbourg and try to recruit people, but. Not so easy. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's the key. You got to you got to get a pub on board as a sponsor or something. That's that's when you can really start. Uh, everywhere around the world, they manage. They usually manage to get at least one pub on board. So yeah. hopefully, someone uh, see how much you guys like to have a drink, and um, <laughs> they'll they'll throw some support your way. Um, yeah. What we, about? Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we we, we used to have a have a pub as a sponsor but unfortunately this pub closed a few years ago so we don't have any regular regular uh, place to go now yeah hopefully uh, you'll be able to find something but what about a end of season footy trip do you guys do anything for together end of season uh, currently we've we've not done anything uh, all together, all together at the end of the season, since it's been three or four years that we've not been part of the of the league. But be, uh, before, before at the end of the season, there's always the, the French Cup, where all the French teams meet, and so it's a big, it's a big weekend with all the all the French players, and it's always re really nice to, to meet all to meet everyone. Um, so from my research on you guys, Strasbourg at one point in time, we're pretty much made up predominantly of the French national team. Is that correct? Or the French national team is made up predominantly of Strasbourg. Um, do you guys have anyone at the moment that represents the country? 
Uh, no, at the moment we don't have anyone in the in the French team. Uh, I guess last time we had someone was two or three years ago. In the in the beginning of the of the French Australian football, there was a lot of people from Strasbourg, as there was only a few teams. In the beginning, the, the French team was only Strasbourg and Paris, actually. And now the the guys in the French team are the, the guys playing the, the French Championship. Yeah, makes sense then. But yeah, hopefully, yeah. Again, hopefully you guys can get up and going and get a few blokes in that national team and you know get around to the European tournaments and the international tournaments. Uh, you can, yeah, hopefully. You can pick up from where we are, where we are Rift. Yeah, so with your, your own playing career, uh, what posi do you play? What position? Sorry. Uh, yeah, I used, to, uh, I used to play three years for, Stra- for Strasbourg. Uh, I played as a full forward. Then I, then I moved to Norway and I stopped playing for, for a couple of years. Then came back to France, played one year as a full forward for Perpignan. And then I got I got uh, kidney injuries and I can't I can't play anymore. So now I'm I'm mainly focused on uh, coaching the te- coaching the team, training the team. And what what I'm more the most involved in uh, in footy now is uh, umpiring and I umpire in the in the French tournaments and also uh, at the IFL Europe level in the Champions League and the Euro Cup. Oh, that's pretty good. So how did you get involved in umpiring? Like, what made you want to jump on board and do that? So first, first time uh, I got interested in empowering is was just that every every French club was required to have a trained empire, and no one in Strasbourg wanted to go. So I just give it a shot. And since since I can't play anymore, I took it as an opportunity to stay uh, stay in the game. Yeah, nice. So how long have you been doing it for? Uh, First time I umpired was something like six, yeah, six years ago, oh, yeah. and I'm I'm fully umpire, umpiring. I would say for four years now. So how many um tournaments, like all French national tournaments and European tournaments, have you gotten to go to as an umpire? Uh, I, um, let me count. I guess I umpired three or three or four French Cups. Uh, Four uh, Champions Leagues and three European Cups, something like that. Oh, that's a decent effort. Um, so obviously, across in France and Europe, a lot of blokes wouldn't know the exact rules as we do in Australia. Don't think they know the rules. Does it make it easier to tell blokes, no, I'm correct, you're wrong? Because over here, an umpire makes a decision and a player would say he was in the wrong. Does it make your life easier to go, no, 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 I'm the umpire. I know the rules more than you do. <laughs> I would say it's easier to empire at the European level, level than in the French one, because in the French Championship, we all know each other, each other, so they have a, a bit more the tendency to contest my decisions. While when I empire at the European level, they are more—I uh, wouldn't say benevolent, but they accept easy, uh, more easily the decisions of the empire. Also in France. We we still have this uh, this rug this uh, how to say this uh, rugby uh, intuitions, and some of the Australian Australian football rules are uh, completely different than the rugby ones. And some players like to play it hard, as in rugby, especially in the south of France. 
but the, the mentalities are a, bit, are a bit changing and we get more and more people that have been to Australia or more and more Australians that give us the, 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 really, the real Aussie spirit of the sport. Yeah, nice. You got anything to add to that, Rifty, before we move along? No, it sounds, yeah. sounds good. It's good that you've uh, been able to find a way to stay involved with, uh, you know, unfortunately not being able to play anymore, which um, or there's even in Australia, there's uh, always a need for umpires because most people, once they've stopped playing, they go, oh, stop it, or I can't play footy anymore. I won't, I won't bother. So it's good when people put their hand up to umpire. Yeah, when he um, said he was an umpire, my eyes actually lit up. Cause I'm like, as much as I'm enjoying hearing about the clubs, I'm also, I think we don't ask enough the countries how they go about getting umpires to actually have somebody, you know, the sec- second or third one that's been very heavily involved in umpiring. And it's nice to find out that side of the game as well, because as he said, you know, all around the world needs umpires and they're hard to come by. So, um, but back in your playing day, what number did you wear? Uh, I used to wear the number 87. 87, it's uh, pretty high. Yeah, 87, because it's my birth year. That's all. Ah. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> we both sort of looking at each other like, okay, that's, that's weird. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, it was like a hockey thing or something like a back, you know, higher numbers. But no, it's, it's nice to see a bloke that didn't want number one, wanted 87. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good choice. Um, You'd get that jumper at pretty much any club in the world you wanted to go to, I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> The, the only the only places you'd see uh, an eighty seven running around, just because they've got one hundred and fifty players, so they've had to use the high numbers. But yeah, most guys aren't going much higher than fifty by choice. Um, but what about in the Aussie Aussie rules? Uh, do you have an AFL team that you follow? I, I don't follow any particular team. I just watch the, the AFL for sport. Uh, uh, yeah, you should I, go, I would, you should I go for Essendon, I should say. I, say. <laughs> I, I would say that in the in Strasbourg, uh, traditionally, we used to follow the, the, the Swans as one of the first Australians we had in Strasbourg. Uh, was was a huge fan of the Swans, but now we have people follow, following Carlton. We have people follow, following uh, the, the Tigers, people following Brisbane, a bit of everything. It's funny how the game is like a Victorian eccentric game. The majority of clubs we speak to, there are Sydney fans. Like a lot of the clubs we speak to are Sydney fans, and it's quite um, quite confusing. But yeah, each to their own, I guess. But um, who's the favourite player that you've ever seen play the game? I don't have any favourite players. As I told you, I mostly watch it for the sport. I I don't follow any particular team, any any particular player, and. I just enjoy the beauty of the, of the game. That's probably the best answer we've had to that question. <laughs> it's the beauty of the game. I like it. <laughs> no, it is a beautiful game, that's for sure. Um, exactly. And it, yeah, like, you don't have to have a favourite team or player to enjoy it, and that's, that's a great thing about it. And you probably enjoy it more because it doesn't matter who's playing. You're still going to get some enjoyment out of it, whereas uh, us oh. one-eyed supporters, we kind of, you know, Hey, Rifty, have a look at his luscious locks, mate. And that's a bloke that doesn't follow a team. And this is a bloke that does follow a team. Yes, because his uh, he's, he's bombers have caused many, many a times for the hair to fall out. That's for sure. Um, but it's time to 
uh, throw some players under the bus, as we like to call it, or we want you to dob in some teammates now for um, for their behaviour and stuff. So what's the first one, Ed Dog? All right, mate. So who at the uh, Kangaroos would you say is the ladies' man or likes to think that they're the ladies' man? Uh, quite, quite a hard one. Uh, actually, currently, most of our, of our players are engaged. So, uh, yeah, I would, I would say that maybe, maybe the late, the ladies' man would be would be the the founder of the club, Mark. All right, that's good enough for us. I'm starting to think we need to get rid of that question, Rifty, because the last like four clubs I've spoken to, all clubs are shacked up. Yeah, well, they're, they're all ladies' men because they all landed at a lady, so they must have all been pretty good at it. Oh, so is that how we're claiming it now, is it? <laughs> yes. So, anyway, who's the, uh, the joker of the club? Uh, the joker would definitely be our current president, uh, Mitch. Yeah, well, what about the, the biggest party animal? Uh, biggest party animal. Uh, I guess the, the best parties I've, I've done in the, cl- in the club are with uh, one of our for- former international players, Joe. We've, all, we've always had really amazing, amazing parties with him. Amazing stories. Yeah, so where is he? He originally from is he an Aussie that came over? No, no, he's a, he's a, he's a, French, he's a French guy, but oh, okay. uh, he, he went a couple of times in Australia. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. And what about the person that takes the game far too seriously? Who's the one that's yelling at you for making a, giving a free kick against them? Uh, I would say that may, that may be one of the of the pro, of the problem in the Strasbourg team is that no one takes the game too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I do like that answer. Um, who's got the best nickname at the club? Is or is nicknames not a thing that French footy has? Uh, we don't we don't have particular, particularly inventive nicknames and maybe if if I should pick a nickname, a nickname I would give it give a shout to uh, to a, one of the of the first players of the of the club who later turned manager of the club. Uh, his nickname is Mikey. His his original name is Olivier. It has nothing to do, but <laughs> it's just nicknamed Mikey because he used to to work as a bartender in Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's good. That is actually. Uh, yeah, that's you say, yeah. yeah, you said they're not very inventive. That's actually good. That's a nice. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm actually thrown off by that now. Uh, who? Which two blokes got the biggest bromance? Uh, I, I would I wouldn't say that currently we are we have one, but in the past there there was not two guys but three guys that were involved in a uh, I would say in a in the broad tourism, let's say <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I, it would be Adrien Jory and uh, what was the what was the name of the last one ah shit I forgot I forgot the name of the last one they were here when I started. When I started playing, and there was, there were always uh, the three of, of them together. Yeah, just a bit of a menage a trois. Yeah, exactly. 
You sat there whiting the silent, didn't you, Rifty? Of course, man. It's like one of the only French words I know how to say. So. Speaking of that, actually, so you've actually got like very, very good English. Where did you learn English, or is that something that you know gets taught in schools across there in your area? Yeah, uh, initially I just learned English at school, but then uh, from uh, from my profession, I have to speak English as I'm. Uh, I'm a researcher at the university and I live, the, I live abroad in, in Norway and when you do science, you always speak English. That's where, uh, that's where I had to learn it. Uh, nice. We've, um, like I think you're our 33rd or 34th club we've spoken to and we enjoy it when we get on locals that have got the accent. A lot of the people we get on from around the world are expats living across there. So having someone on that has the same accent, we enjoy it, but also just how, how good your English is. It's also, you know, I, I would not be able to speak French. I can't speak another language. I can barely speak English, let alone any other language. So it's, yeah, it's quite impressive to how good your English is. And I, you know. Thanks. Um, well, thanks heaps for joining us. We're, um, where can everyone go to find out about the kangaroos de Strasbourg and, and follow along with you guys? Thanks. No, okay, all good. Um, yeah, thanks again for joining us. We'll um, share all your uh, Facebook and stuff and Instagram and hopefully, like we said, hopefully you'll get some games at the end of the year and, and recruit some players once, so. once they see some good footy getting played. Let's hope so, yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Au revoir. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Au revoir. Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Now playing podcast.